team never really had a chance much. Uh, the little girl, bless her heart, you know, she grew up in a situation where uh, there was little money, and I, I know people go on and do great things that, that don't have money, but it was hard on her. Uh, she would she would go to school, of course, her clothes were secondhand, and a lot of times the, the students would make fun of her because sometimes her clothes would have holes in them. Uh, she had, uh, I guess what we call a lazy eye, mm-hmm. uh, and of course that caused her to be bullied, and they wouldn't call it bullying back then, they were picked on, uh, but today it would be bullying. And, and she never really had much of a chance. Uh, a 12-year-old girl living in uh, the Woodmine section of Nashville, Tennessee, which is in the uh, southeastern part, uh, they lived in a uh, frame home, uh, which was uh, indicative of the neighborhood. It was typical for the neighborhood. Uh, she never had a whole lot of friends, uh, just simply because, you know, she, I guess for all practical purposes, maybe just, quote-unquote, didn't fit in, sort of, kind of, mm-hmm. and then they were making fun of her. Uh, but she had to, she tried to make the best life she could. Uh, she, she would go to her bedroom and sing and dance and turn the radio on. And uh, so she did the best she could. It's just uh, an unfortunate situation as what happened to her in the end. She never really got a chance to, to live her life and, and, and be what she could have been. So, from my understanding, what was it? She disappeared on November 29th of 69 from... Yep. Okay. I'm trying to think, because uh, she, was, she wasn't found until December 1st of 69. Uh, you know, the, the date she was, it was on a Tuesday, whatever that date is. I don't remember the, the date exactly. Okay, I think that's, what, that's in my notes, is what I've written down. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was the first or second, yeah. That sounds good. Okay. I remember. Um, I remember in your book I had read that um, I kind of want to get your opinion on it too. Okay. Where it said that Kathy had wanted to tell her dad something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think it could have been? Because I knew it said that she he kind of regretted you know not listening to her and kind of just brushing her off. Well, I I have my ideas. Uh, there's a lot of things that I did not put in the book, mm-hmm. uh, simply for investigative purposes. But uh, I forget which investigator. I thought it was Mickey Miller or Postiglione, or I don't remember which one it was of the investigators in Nashville. Uh, they were wondering if they, if Kathy was trying to tell her dad something uh, that was going on in the home. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, her her stepdad, according to the information that that I've received, was involved in some stuff he shouldn't have been, and uh, it was it was pretty much common knowledge that Kathy didn't like Daryl being with her mom, and it made it known, that made it quite well well known that she didn't like that, uh, even in front of Daryl. Uh, telling her mom that in front of Daryl. So I really don't know what it was, but it was something, from based on what I'm told, something pretty serious the little girl was really wanting to tell him. So pretty much, pretty much what your book would lead on for people to believe that, you know, it wasn't like a light thing. It was something that she really wanted to tell him that probably a bad incident or something that occurred. Yeah, that was the impression that, that everyone got, including her dad, uh, before he passed. Mm-hmm. Was, they, they felt like it was something really. And of course, you know, twelve years old. Everything that the world's a different. You look at the world a different way, and everything's important uh, to some degree. You know, even when it's not necessarily. But uh, several people felt like it was probably something that she was going to reveal uh, that may have even led to her death. Mm-hmm. That was uh, one of the investigators' opinions. Was that you know what she was going to tell might not should have been told, and. Uh, could have subsequently, you know, subsequently led to her her demise. I was kind of wondering because I had um, I was doing my own little research and stuff, what I could yeah. find. And so the roller uh, place was 20 minutes from her house, mm-hmm. correct? So she was going to go to, was it Krispy Kreme first and then go to the... Well, that's, that's the thinking because I don't really know for sure uh, what, what she was going to do first. 
but the, the consensus among, including me, was she would probably have gone to the Krispy Kreme first and then gone to the skating rink and finished her night out there instead of leaving the skating rink early and then going to grab a donut. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the general. Of course, we don't know. We never know. That kind of leads um, into my other question about that. Because I knew it had said that her mom, like this was her first time walking, uh-huh. and I read that where her, well, I know you mentioned too in your book that her mom was going to pick her up when she was ready to leave, but something about her car, because I read something about her battery might have been dead in her car, is why it didn't yeah, run. Yeah, there was a, for whatever, whether it was, I saw also that it was the battery, but for whatever reason, her car was supposedly not working that night, so it got, I mean, Maybe she was going to borrow somebody's car. You know, I don't know. Which one thing I thought was interesting, like when she left at um, she left at seven forty-five p.m. Because mm-hmm. she was seen by what was it, the fire department? Like she walked by their station. Yeah, she cut through the back. She walked down First Street, which was Ludie Street, and then the fire department owned the property from Joiner back to Ludie Street. So what they could do is when the fire department answered a call. They could come in on Ludie Street, turn in the back of the fire department, and pull their fire engine ready in the in the fire department, ready to come out on uh, Joiner for the next call. Okay. So there was no backing up. So, yes, yeah, she cut through the fire department lot. Uh, two firefighters saw her do that. And then she cut in an angle to go across Gamble's CB grocery store uh, where she went to the light. And that was the last time that... Uh, well, I don't think that was the last time she was seen. I think that was the last time anybody's come forward saying they saw her. Okay, because what kind of threw me off was the time. Like, you, because I couldn't find anything. When did the roller place close, like, close for the night? I figured I th- 10 maybe at the latest, yeah, 11. I think it was 10 o'clock. Uh, and according to what Mom said, and then, and then uh, I read uh, I read somewhere that uh, when her mom told her to call her, she said, oh, no, this was actually... Uh, no, I didn't read that. This actually came from her mother mm-hmm. in an interview. This actually came from her mom. Said that when she told Kathy, uh, call me when you're ready to go. And she said, and Kathy supposedly told her mom, you know, every time I call, you never answer the phone. It just rings and rings and rings and rings. <laughs> and then she told the, she told the, uh, the interviewer that, well, you know how it is. Sometimes you get busy and then you just don't hear the phone, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, for whatever that's worth, uh, and that may be true. I know sometimes I'll be home to hear the phone, too. But there's a couple of things that, that we've looked at. You know, the first of all, call me when you're ready to come home. Well, the car, according to her family member, the car wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Uh, then call me when you're ready to come home. And Kathy said, well, you never answer the phone. There's a, there's a, there's a, it's not just the mom we were looking at. We are looking at the stepdad. I mean, the father was even looked at when the investigation was going. You, you start with the inner circle and you yeah. work your way out. Yeah, because 12 year old, they don't have a big circle of people. They know it's yeah. family and then out from there. Right. Because uh, I was reading too, because I read somewhere online that a lot of her family mentioned that she left during the day. So that's what kind of got confused on the time. Like maybe she left earlier in the day and she was supposed to be back by dark. So Well, the, one, of the, one of her classmates that I talked to mm-hmm. uh, they haven't been in the neighborhood long. They haven't lived there long. They moved there, from what I was told that summer, from a government housing unit in Nashville, and that, which was actually a step up because now they were in their own home, even though it was rented. That uh, they hadn't been there long. So Kathy really, you know, depending on how much she got out and walked around, I don't know that she would have done that much because she was a timid girl. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but one of the classmates said that she did come that Saturday that she did come to her house and asked her if she was going skating that night and the classmate told me she said no I, I told her I couldn't I was grounded and I couldn't go and then Kathy left supposedly I guess to go back home mm-hmm. uh, so Kathy was according to that and I can't I can't corroborate that I just go on with, you know probably face what she told me uh, based on the fact that she said Kathy did come to her house that would mean that Kathy was at least a little bit familiar with the roads behind Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still have a hard time uh, thinking that Kathy cut across on McLean or down that alley because there were no there were no streetlights there. Uh, even though she might have known the area, I just I just don't know that I could. Not that I you know have to. I just don't know that I see her 
doing that. Yeah. Um, I think she probably took the, the route uh, going down Nolan's Little Road and then made the right to Christie. Well, we're going to the right to Christie Creek. But, you know, I don't, don't know that. I was reading, too. Uh, oh, no. I, there's a podcast I actually listened to, I found, that covers mm-hmm. this. I know one of the detectives had mentioned that they had got a report that she was seen in line at the rolling plate, rolling uh, place, and that she looked nervous. And then he said, then one report said that that didn't happen. I didn't know where the reports came from, but that was what he was saying. So, like, that kind of contradicted of somebody saying, yeah, she was there looking nervous. And that kind of, if you think she's looking nervous, something's going on that yeah. she's aware of that's going to happen or something of that uh, sort. You know, according to according to mom, according to the best information we have, Kathy didn't have, they didn't have money. They, sometimes they didn't have enough food, mm-hmm. from what I'm told. Uh, so Kathy had no money. The only money we were aware she had was the dollar. The dollar bill was found in her pocket, uh, her coat pocket. So I don't know. And then another, another one of the police officers said that, that heard the same thing you did. But then somebody else said, no, she wasn't there. That might have been another night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think she made it to either place because she still had the dollar in her coat pocket. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because um, the yeah. dollar, because if she would have went there, that she would have spent it. Because I don't, uh, I don't know how much everything was back in '69, but the skating was fifty-five cents. And, fifty-five you know, cents. Okay, so but a donut's probably a nickel back there or something. So, so she would have had change, made roughly a quarter, or a little bit more. Yeah, she had something left over. Okay, yeah. that's what I was figuring. I figured that she wasn't just with the dollar being found. Because it seems like it don't really look like, from everything I've read, that the motive was robbery or anything. No, it seemed more like uh, either somebody she might have known close or more or less an uh, opportunity kill type thing by somebody, you know, just in the area that happened to be into that type of thing, I guess. Cause yeah, more than likely it was more than one. Well, it almost has to be more than one person because you're going to, she's 12 years old. Unless they had, and of course, the, the drawback is they didn't do an autopsy. That was a horrible drawback. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, of course, at the time, that was norm, so they didn't do anything. They should, you know, that was just the way it was. Uh, but there's no, there's no autopsy. Um And the fact that the, the the materials they used to tie her hands was cut from strips of the lining of her coat sort of implies that they didn't plan this. Yeah, that's what I was kind of or working at. if they at. did, they had to do it in such haste. They had to use what they had. And how are you going? From what I understand, she, she was a very she was a, she was a very sweet girl, very nice, very smile, tried to be friends with people, but she had a little rebel side too to her mm-hmm. by the fact that she told her mom you know I don't want you to be married to him and him sitting right there next to her yeah so she was not a shy girl uh, so if, if the fact she's being abducted I see her fighting I see her screaming I see her I see her doing that now how in the world is one person going to take her coat off cut strips out of her coat and tie her I don't see that I see I see more than one maybe two, at least two maybe three people like the only issue which you know you know being in law enforcement stuff is just the whole usually if one person does it they're not going to say you know they can kind of keep it yourself but when more than one person knows eventually yeah. not everybody's going to yeah. be able to keep a secret but yeah I could see that unless they maybe caught her you know surprise type thing till she couldn't fight back but yeah just with everything using everything that she had on her to, to what they done to her or whoever done it to her it's definitely just they, it wasn't planned because I read somewhere I don't know how true it is somebody had commented somewhere about with the whole bus driver thing yeah and that guys yeah and that he according to the per I guess they lived in the area but he would get the kids Saturday morning and then Saturday evening bring them back. But I don't know what time frame, because I wondered if, why would her mom go pick her up? Couldn't she just ride the bus back there? Yeah, I I don't know. I I wish, of course, he was a liar. He lied. They caught him in several lies. I wish Mm -hmm. that the bus driver was still alive. But uh, even if he was, there's not much, that's not a whole lot of stock you can put in what he said. Yeah. yeah, I'm, he, just, I'm just in awe, and not in awe, and in, in surprise that they would hire him to be a bus driver for the uh, 
skating rink. No, yeah. Or they should have known his background. Yeah, cause they, he had back like he was yeah. already in a lot of a lot of criminal things before that. So that's what I was kind of wondering. And somebody on one of the things I found they mentioned a, a serial killer possibly being involved, but the one name they gave because they were saying they couldn't find his whereabouts between sixty eight and seventy two, but. I think I was able to rule him out because he actually was in Georgia in prison. So that kind oh, of... Yeah, real, yeah. yeah, there was one that was. That might have been the one you're talking about. Uh, Franklin Floyd is his name. Yeah. Uh, I went back and looked at uh, several of those of cases that were happened just before that and just after that. Uh, the, the one in Union City, and I, I can't place the names of the places. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two in, uh, uh, gosh, Shelbyville. Uh, but they got the person. I went back and looked at a lot of the of the killings of girls along the same timeline, and then there are a couple that are still unsolved uh, that mimic partially Kathy's case. Uh, the one in Knoxville, for instance, uh, that happened earlier the day before Kathy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, some debate on whether or not the person that did that had time. Well, the person did have time. Uh, to go from Knoxville to to, to uh, Woodbine, which would which would actually mean that if somebody's going to have to have ties, I mean, how do you? What random thoughts do you have to to pick a girl in in Knoxville and then just randomly end up in Woodbine? To me, there's got to be a, there would have to be a connection of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the one uh, oh gosh. I don't have the book in front of me. Uh, the girl that was murdered there in Nashville, um, along the same along the same way. That one that one's still unsolved. Mm-hmm. So, but they but they don't really. There's not really a, a complete match. You know, it's uh, it's close. Yeah. Um, but I, I have my thoughts on Kathy. I don't I don't think she was part of of a serial killer. I think that the uh, suspect had a tie to the family. In some way, uh, or suspects had a tie to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I, I did listen to some of uh, some of Adcock's statement, and without actually being able to see his body movements and other things, he, he had, according to just the wording, he lied a couple of times to police. Uh, mm-hmm. He he gave the he, he used the illusion at least one time. You know, he told police they they asked him about the case. He said, "Well, I've, I've never killed anybody in my life. I don't even like blood." Well, that wasn't what they asked you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so he alluded. So I, I I don't know. The problem with this case is that back to the autopsy. There's no autopsy autopsy done. They didn't preserve the uh, the blood, the DNA. Of course, they didn't know to. Yeah. Uh, and most of these people are dead. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed. A lot of them, like if any family that's alive, it's not people that was connected back there. It's cousins on down to the line. Because that's what I was kind of looking at, just the way what was done to her and what was, you know, how she was left. Because usually if it's somebody, which not all the time, it's like when it's somebody close to the family, they try to hide the body, which I guess in a way with the weeds and stuff being tall. Because I, I found it fascinating that that woman that lived by there, the one that didn't, hear nothing yeah yeah and then they i read that she had burned something in the trash that was like 15 feet from where kathy was found but i know the cops from what i understand the even though the weeds you know about what waist high three feet high or whatever yeah that they were pretty thick so you could be right there and not see nothing just driving by so i guess that would be a way of not knowing the body but because i know it said that she didn't hear nothing but somebody from Krispy Kreme heard a noise but they just didn't know what it was that night Her mom worked there. One of the girls I talked to that went to school with Kathy, her mom worked at Krispy Kreme. And she told mm-hmm. me, somehow, I guess, in the conversation or something, they heard what they, they thought was a cat screech, a cat loud, you know, loud mm-hmm. meow. And she said they sort of talked about it in Krispy Kreme and then, for, you know, just dismissed it. Well, was that Kathy? Don't know. It could have been. Um, she wasn't 100% sure that it was Saturday, was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It could have been maybe Sunday because Mrs. McSpadden said she didn't hear anything, but I don't know how. You know, she was an elderly lady. Maybe, maybe her hearing wasn't good. I don't know. 
there's a lot of variables there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have been Cassie screaming. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was reading too. They said they found blood in an empty house. I don't know if it's the one that was burnt down, but they said that they found pillow stuffing that matched yeah. the uh, art particles and stuff that was found on her. But then I read that a teenager had broken into there or something and cut himself, so it was his blood. I don't know what he was doing in the house. Of course, it was a vacant house about to be torn down to make room for some construction or a roadway or something. Mm-hmm. And he had been in the house and got cut and actually gone. Oh, where did he go to? He was he discovered he went to the gas station, I think, where it was. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were not, it was not her blood. And I knew they said, because I think actually on that podcast, I think where I heard it at, that they didn't mention it for a long time, but then eventually came out about the, uh, they found the other half of a sock, well, her sock that they had put in her throat, and that the knife and stuff, and it had been tossed, I guess like a kind of across the road or something where she was found, tossed up on a roof, and he said, because the way I understood, the front side you couldn't really get up on, but the back side was more lower, I guess. Yeah, and, it was a sort of a, a short cutting, I guess. Like, would they ever test anything on that, or? Well, they, they took, what's what happened with the DNA? They, they have, of course, the DNA was not put in plastic bag. Mm-hmm. Rule number one, you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it deteriorated. Um, they did send, they have precious little blood remaining if any at all, but I don't know. They, they were actually going to check and see what they had now and, and, and do a check and see where they were. But when they first sent the blood in, when, when DNA became a thing, uh, it required a lot more than it does now. So they sent in to the FBI lab and see what they had. And the best they could do with it, it was not enough and or it was not good quality. It deteriorated. But all they were able to do with it is to say it was a male or a female. Mm-hmm. So really all they're left with on this DNA is is uh, eliminating certain people. Yeah. There's never going to be a match uh, unless DNA changes. And I don't know that there's enough, and I haven't checked yet, and that's on what's actually on my list to do, is to see how much, if they'll tell me, they may not tell me, and I get that, how much DNA is left. So if there's enough because if, if there's enough left, that can they can replicate that DNA now. They can duplicate it and make enough mm-hmm. to test. But I don't know if there's even enough for that. Okay, so yeah, basically that's what I figured. Well, from '69 to now, like technology with all that, with everything's changed. Because was where they found the blood at? That's not the. Because from my understanding, the shack or what it was it a shack that got burnt down that they found interest because it had the uh, black substance that was found on her hands. That's, that's what I gathered. It was like an old shed or garage or, or, or shack or mm-hmm. something like that that wasn't uh, supposedly across the street. So it wasn't connected with the house where the blood and stuff was found at. No, not that I not not that I know of. I think it was just I don't know where it was exactly across from. Uh, uh, was it Greenview? Green mm-hmm. Greenview, I think. Yeah. It was supposedly across the street and across from Mrs. McBeth's house, but then when we went back, it sort of like, uh-oh, burned down. Imagine that. that it's kind of, kind of. <laughs> I found that weird. Like it's like, because I know you had mentioned that maybe with her fingers, where the black substance was found on, yeah. that it was like somebody had shut like a trunk. Because I know that's some of the speculation that some people kind of wonder is was she killed there or just dumped there later where she was found. Well, there's, there's a couple of you probably come across this yourself couple of schools of thought is that one uh, couple of a couple of detectives believe that she was taken there and kept there uh, the whole weekend or the coroner or the ME uh, I forget his name now said that she was probably killed Monday Monday around noon well now if she was abducted on Sunday or she was Saturday night mm-hmm. it got down to right at freezing Saturday yeah, yeah. I just have a hard time believing that somebody, if she wasn't killed till Monday, they kept her in that field overnight on Saturday and Sunday, a blow for evening. I, somehow I don't. And I, don't know, I, I just don't see that. The area which back then, you know, it's changed over the years, but that'd be it too ri- that'd be too risky to leave a live person, kind of like that in that kind of area, because like so with that. 
Whitman being, you know, she came back what Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Or, it was one I knew it was yeah. right around. So I'm like, so she could have seen something, and I don't see them doing everything there. Which then I've read that you know that she might have died like the day that she was like that night, possibly she was kidnapped. You know, that's stuff. usual. That, that's mm-hmm. usually what happens when when there's an abduction of a child and they're murdered. It usually happens very quickly. So I don't know if, if that's what really happened that she was there all weekend, or the coroner just missed the yeah. You know, this is the time of death. Because from everything, like, like I said, she was bru- like brutally stuff done to her. Like, yeah. I couldn't imagine having you know finding find her. Cause they still rule that was one of the worst cases in Tennessee, don't they? In that area. Yeah, it was. It was. It made a lot of officers and detectives really queasy. It did. It was. It was a bad thing, and that's another thing that uh, another. Thing that sort of I have questions about is that this was almost like a revenge killing. They went way overboard with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it that she was raped and she was sodomized, uh, raped to the point of even having raped so badly that uh, there was rips in her where they had raped her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how bad it was. Would but, it be revenge towards her or somebody? close to her. Well, I don't know if it would have... If, I don't know. And I don't know... Again, it goes back to that phone call. Was that something to do with it? I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. I never will. You know, I guess never will know because Dad is... Unless somebody comes forward and says, this is what she was going to call about. But uh, I, I don't know if it was revenge for... You know, who knows? Or maybe it was just a... Uh, a misoped, uh, which is somebody that just doesn't like children, period. Hmm. And they just randomly pick, you know, pick people, and they'll do things such as this. Yeah, she's by herself, uh, late at night, opportunity, yeah. and no, no connection to her. They're, you know, because nothing. I know you had mentioned in the book that there was five cards missing, but you don't know if they were missing because they were missing on her own fault, or yeah. you know, if she had, or somebody took them. Because other than that, it don't look like. Nothing was missing. That's the shoes. Were, the shoes were missing. All her actual shoes that she had on. Her shoes were missing. Okay, so her skates were the ones that were found by her. Yeah, found okay. her skates, but not her shoes. Okay. Which is another interesting fact because the girl that was murdered in Tennessee was also missing her shoes. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a weird connection there. Because you yeah. would think, because that kind of makes you kind of wonder though, with the whole roller skates or her having them like. You know, they put them there beside her, like kind of like saying "Hey" type thing. Or I don't know, it's just kind of weird looking at that. Take her shoes, but leave everything else. And yeah. it, which a dollar back in '69 could get you. You know, nowadays it ain't going to hardly get you anything, but yeah. back then it's going to get you something. Yeah, back a dollar back then was pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, crap. A dollar now don't really get you a pop because pop I think is like two dollars in most areas, if not more. But somewhere have you ever i can't remember if it was the podcast that i listened to after i read your book or it was on a website if you you listen to a podcast it was probably olivia lens uh flat what flat rocks flat rock yeah Yeah. that's olivia okay something about i can't remember where i've seen that but something about a blue truck but that's all i got i don't know if a blue i'm guessing they said a blue truck was seen the area around that time that was unusual but it was that night earlier that day I don't know uh, I just had blue truck question mark in my notes I don't think there was anything else about it yeah I, I, I think it was but I didn't think it was significant so I didn't do anything uh, uh, on a side note talking about the blue truck I received a uh, text message mm-hmm. from a from an individual I won't, I won't say the name Stating that there was a uh, that this, well, this person, this person back to the person who told me, was walking down down the street. He didn't say which one. Uh, there in the area, when this taxi cab approached him, the man got out and tried to get him. Said, "Look, your mom told me to come pick you up." And the kid, he was overbearing, scared the kid. The kid backed up mm-hmm. away from him, uh, and he kept trying to get the kid in. The taxi. When the woman that lived there came out and saw what was going on, the kid got behind her and she told the guy, "You don't get out of here and leave him alone." I'm, I, I, I don't know. 
leave him alone. I've already called the police. He ran to his taxi cab to go. I knew that, yeah, the taxi cab thing's been connected. I've read a lot with yeah. that. Because well, did, did her stepdad drive a taxi? He did. Okay. Okay, because the Daryl, okay, then because he would have been the one connected. Because trying to think. Uh, let me see my notes real quick. Who was the one that had the picture of her under the under the pillow? According to uh, is what it did. Of, yeah, according to the family member I talked to, mm-hmm. an in-law rather, it was Daryl. Okay, so I, I, well, I wasn't sure if it was him or somebody yeah. else. Yeah, that's what I was told by the by the father. Uh, when did his when did Kathy's mom get with him? Was it like raised her since she was little, or just you know just when a couple did, when years? Did Kathy's mom get with Daryl? Yeah. Oh, uh, Daryl was in Omaha, Nebraska, up until uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember, '67, I think. He moved from Omaha, had had a living or common law marriage there with a daughter, and left them. As they, I think they, they used the word abandon. Mm-hmm. He left them there and came to Nashville. So it was, it was uh, not long after. Supposedly she was walking uh, from work. Don't know where she was working at, but supposedly she was walking either to or from work, and Daryl was driving a taxi and he saw her. They were riding. That's where they met. So basically, he wasn't in Kathy's life very long, like no, two no. years max. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that would be kind of odd. Which even it's odd just to have a, a picture anyways under a pillow of a kid. Like mm-hmm. you'd think you'd have it on a dresser or something. That just seems like you're being sneaky with it. Yeah, now like, of course I can't. I'm not going to have to cooperate that. This, this, uh, yeah, it's just what she said. So I have no reason to doubt what she said. But I'll always like to, I'll always like to try to cooperate where I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, when things connect, it helps line things up for sure. Uh, I, I read somewhere I can't remember. I don't know if it was found in the house or not, but it might have been found that house that there was cl- clothes from a man considered a good suspect, but supposedly it had blood and other stains on it. Do you know? Was that? Uh, that was. Uh, I want to think that was that dog. Okay. I think that's. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I think it was that dog. I think. Okay. I wouldn't swear to court on that, but I think that's. I think that's who that was. Okay, I wasn't sure because it didn't really say, and I was like, well, I, I assume because he was a good suspect for a long time, and I remember reading an article. I want to say from the '90s, maybe. Whereas one of the detectives said they where they didn't really list him as a suspect anymore. But there was another good suspect they had, and like he was still—I don't know if he's still alive today—but back then he was still living. And like they would like say, "Hey, we're still working the case," you know, stuff like that. And I guess he would like smile and wave at him and stuff when he seen him. Yeah, that that one is dead. Okay, he did. He did die. Okay, yeah, that, one, that was dead. Was that was that Daryl or another individual? That was that was Daryl. That was Daryl. Because I read too. There was another. I don't know if he was a suspect or just mentioned, but he was arrested in '72. It was a Jackie Rose that he had left town shortly after, and that uh, carnival. He was a carnival worker, and said he was yeah, in. No, that was that was uh, that was Bobby or Bob or William. Called it. That was. Uh, uh, he left the area after he caught uh, Kathy's mom with Daryl. That was her dad. That was her biological dad. Oh, okay. So he was a car. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He ended up leaving there, went to Clarksville, uh, stayed there. He was in Clarksville when Kathy called him that Saturday to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he ended up working for, uh, he got re- remarried. And that girl, you just, the Rose girl, he got remarried. Uh, settled in, ended up with a job, I think with the, uh, oh, don't quote me on this, I think with the utility company. Mm-hmm. And ended up living a pretty comfortable life after. Okay. So basically, your major two suspects is stepdad and the Alcox. Yeah. Has there been any other strong suspects, or just really just them two that's stuck over the years? Well, I have. Uh, I have at least one more suspect that. Uh, 
And in, in doing this, when I started my investigation, and, I, and I've told several people this, but back in the 90s, back in the 60s, mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe the late or the 50s even, the 60s, up until maybe, I don't know, maybe the mid-70s, the, the mentality and the culture of, I guess, society for the most, for the most part in general was we don't talk about those things. Mm-hmm. That's not a topic around the kitchen table. We don't mention it for the kids. It's hush hush under the carpet. Uh, but while I started doing this investigation, I have had, uh, I guess, four, I think it's four, four people come to me and tell me in, in, a, in different ways, say, you know, I have never told anybody this, but because they didn't, they were the, the era back in the 60s when, when this stuff happened. They kept their mouth shut. They didn't tell the. They didn't tell the police. They didn't tell even their parents. I've uncovered three rapes that happened back then that were never reported. Because people are now coming forward and saying, you know, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the rapes was was committed by the same person. I mean, I have the name of the suspects on all three. Uh, but two of the rapes were done by one person who was hanging out in the area, lives in close proximity to the area and walked everywhere he went. Uh, were the two that he's connected with, were they similar to Kathy's age or right around the age? Yes. Okay, so, so kind of been like a Kathy's went kind of maybe more haywire maybe? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah possible. Uh, and then there was another one that was committed by another person. Uh, this person dead also. Uh, that was lured to a field by the uh, by the high school. Mm-hmm. And she was right there and told that if she had told anybody, he was going to do to her what he did to Kathy. Of course, that doesn't prove anything. He could just be walking on the coattails of that murder to get you know, her quiet. So. Yeah, I, I remember reading because you you had written that in your book, didn't you? Cause I, I so. Yeah, because I remember I have that down in my notes because I was wondering because about that like that was my kind of thing like was was he just saying that because where Kathy yeah. was recently killed or because you would think if he's gonna if he killed Kathy why not kill that girl as well because yeah. sure. which like you said which some things like that now people still depends on where you're at because I'm kind of from a small small town like you got some people interested in true crime but a lot of people like I was doing research on some on a case where some boys were targeted by a guy and like it was all hush hush like people hated me even trying to dig it up yeah. and they still kind of like swept under the rug don't talk about it but i knew well with all the true crime shows and everything it's more talked about now in, in most areas yeah. but you still got your some areas that are kind of nope don't want to talk about it which which is sad honestly because there's so many cases that are unsolved but like i said with her and that long, 69, you know, that's 51 years ago. That's yeah. a lot. Like you said, a lot of the people that were important figures back then have passed on, and there's no way of possibly even getting it solved unless somebody says, hey, this is what happened, or if the DNA they can eventually use with technology when it gets better or something and prove out who done it. It's a strange case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's no lack of suspects. Many, many suspects. Mm-hmm. It's just finding, it's finding the one, and hoping well, one because I, I think there's at least two. I just believe there's at least two of them. So I would like to think that one of them is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know yet. Because I don't think. Because I know they. That's kind of like the thing with Kathy. They were saying if she did go with somebody. It would have been somebody she knew, because with her not talking, which, you know, that's still today, you know, don't talk to strangers if you don't know them. But back then, a lot of people still played that, hey, like you said with the taxi driver, like, your mom or something or your dad this, you know, they need you and I'll take you to them. You know, that worked more back then than it does now. It still does here and there, but most people are like, well, wait a minute. So it's just, yeah, it's just overall, like... It's one of those cases, like you said, there's so many suspects, and there's a lot of good suspects in it, but it seems like not all, not, they just don't have all the ducks lying in a row type thing to fully prove. 
there were people coming, as what I'm told, there were people coming in and out of the house mm -hmm. uh, that were probably not of the best character. Uh, down several blocks away from their house was a uh, convenience store. I was told that a lot of, uh, not some of the best characters used to hang out there and drink beer. Uh, she was just exposed to a lot of things, you know, bless her heart, uh, you know, there could have been suspects in the store. I, I don't mm -hmm. know, there's, there's, there's no loss. Even, even something else I looked at that I put in my book, uh, Christian Cream was new mm -hmm. when she, when she was murdered. Christian Cream hadn't been there, I think, for a few months. And I don't know, when, when you have train riders or hobos, or whatever you want to call them, they have, they communicate pretty well. Mm-hmm. Point, point A to point B, uh, and you've got a new, you've got a major rail yard. I think it's called the Radnor Yard. There in Nashville, major, major railroad yard. And Nashville's a big town. They had connections on the railroad to just about anywhere in the country you want to go. Mm -hmm. So you got people coming in there, and it's cold outside. Uh, you know, and, and they get, they hop off the train. And they're going to stay a day or whatever. Well, there's a Krispy Kreme, seventeen hundred feet, I think it is. From the trail yard, with the rail yard, mm -hmm. go there and have yourself a donut. Could a drifter have done it? Probably. And if, uh, if so, that yeah, that makes it even harder because yeah. no no connection at all to the town besides that time he stopped there. So you know, when they have a, as best they can, they have they communicate with each other. When there's a new like a new donut shop, they're cheap. You mm -hmm. can eat a bunch of those, get you some coffee. Coffee's cheap. You know, hey, you go to Nashville, there's a Krispy Kreme, right? You know, go down there and get yourself 50 cents, have a cup of coffee and a couple of donuts. Yeah, I could, like, I could see a drifter possibly, like I said, just because how she was kind of, like, it was a secluded area, but then again, it kind of wasn't. So that could be, like, there's no connection, leave her there, don't have to worry about covering her body up. I can jump back on the train, no connections, nobody's going to see nothing. So, yeah, it's, which do you think, do you think can Hopeville ever be solved? If, and I agree with uh, Lieutenant Taylor, mm -hmm. uh, if this had been, if the crime scene had been processed like we process it today, it would have been solved right away. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know what evidence is, is available. We got the DNA. Uh, the, the DNA, though, at, the, at, the, at least what I know right now, the DNA is going to have to, the technology is going to have to advance. Like it has in a lot of these cases. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to advance farther. I talked to a friend of mine who's a DNA expert in Los Angeles, and we talked at length about it. Uh, it's just not there yet with what with what they have as far as DNA of what I know they have. Because, you know, again, they're holding back. They're holding back some of the stuff, as they always do in any case. Oh, yeah. So that when they find somebody, they're going to have to know Nobody else is going to know this information. They don't have to know it. So they say, okay, you know something nobody else knows. So, yeah. Yeah, you got a lot of false confessions where people's trying yeah. to get their 15-minute fame saying, hey, I killed him, and then there's no connection at all to the case. Like, I knew, well, like Henry Lee Lucas, for an example. Look at all the cases he oh, yeah. admitted to, and he's basically getting a free ride to all these places. Yeah. And, you know, he was being fed the story. To, uh, I was confessing to everything. Yeah, which which with his situation, of course, he's going to confess. Like I said, he gets free ride to this state, and he can be like, "Yep, that's where I put her at," because they brought yeah. him there, so he can just agree with what they say and gets whatever he wants out of it. Yep. Just ride out of town. Yeah. And don't have to sit. Don't have to sit in jail or prison. Just sitting there, you out joyriding. They confessed. It was one month. It was during one month they confessed. No, let me back up. They confessed to so many murders in, in a one month, one calendar month period. I forget what year, which year it was. But they confessed to so many murders that happened during that month. They would have had to have traveled eleven thousand miles to have done all of that. No way. Um, there's actually where I'm from. Uh, where you got? I live in between, you know, Huntington and Charleston. But in Huntington, there was a cop murdered. I can't remember the exact year. Well, they, 
I think they ruled it as a suicide, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I want to say that he, it's been a while since I read up on the case, but he was actually, he went and got lunched, went to, it's uh, a museum place. I don't know if that was there back then, but kind of just pulled off to the side, was eating his lunch. And I guess he only ate part of his burger, but he was shot with a gun. But I think he was handcuffed, too. That's why I don't kind of see suicide, but Henry Lee Lucas confessed to that back then. So whether he did it or not, I don't know, but that was that was one case that he kind of connects here to. Because then they confessed, or he confessed and he recanted, mm-hmm. he confessed and he recanted uh, to murdering Adam Walsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they finally decided, the official version is that Otis Toole murdered Adam Walsh. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I know that he could, they confessed to everything. He recanted, and you know, at, at some point, I, I'm sort of, le- I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of leaning that uh, Otis Tool did not murder. Oh, there's some theories that Jeffrey Dahmer possibly. Yeah, and Jeffrey Dahmer was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, again, I don't know. Yeah, very well be. But it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have the evidence. I'm not looking at the police file. Now it comes uh, with I some... have actually talked to some of the people that were in the mall that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, three people, to be exact, that were in the mall the day Jeffrey Dahmer was in the mall, and they positively ID'd him being in the mall the very same day and the very same time that Adam was. And I can't find anybody that said they were in the mall and saw Henry and not Henry went to Otis Tool. Yeah, they're kind of individuals, just the way they not being mean, because... Just yeah. they, they have a look about them that they're going to stick out like a sore thumb, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're right. Yeah. But I'm just, this this is something I'm considering. He was there. Uh, and a, a lot of people say, well, no, that, that uh, Adam's too young. Well, no, he wasn't. Oh, yeah, he targeted young you boys. Go back and look at uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's victims. His oldest victim was 33, uh, 34, I forget. Yeah, somewhere around there. His there. youngest victim was uh, Connor at, I can't begin to say his last name, uh, Simone or something like that. Uh, Connor at was, I think he was actually 14, but looked like he was 10. Was that the one that got it? Is that the one that got out? Yeah, they took it back. Yeah, they, the cops yeah. brought him back. He said it was yeah. a 19 year Yeah, Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But he looked 10. Everybody that I've talked to and, and, the, and the reports, so Jeffrey had no way of knowing he was not 14. He looked 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jeffrey's kidnapped this guy that's in his early 30s, and he's kidnapped this kid that was 10. Well, if you take 90% of Jeffrey's victims were in their 20s, uh, mid to early 20s, I think mm-hmm. that's what the number got to you have that one way outfield. It's older in the 30s. You have Samethus Conorak. <laughs> Conorak, who looks like he's 10. And then you have two more boys uh, that Jeffrey was one of the first times he was arrested. It been the first time. Where Jeffrey is exposing himself to two boys by the river mm-hmm. yeah. who were 12. So... Yeah, he, he didn't Adam care. Would have, Adam would have fit just fine in that range. I mean, so, I don't know. We didn't, I didn't mean to get off on Jeffrey Dahmer. No, oh, you're good. That's what's the thing with unsolved cases. They're like, you, you don't know. Like, there's so many variables, you just don't know. Because neither one of us was back there to, you know, to verify all of it. Because it would be amazing with all the unsolved cases, and it'd be amazing to be able to solve all of them. But, you know, it's, some of them, you know, kind of... Like in Kathy's case, a lot of them, especially when they're that old, you know, a lot of the main people die off, and then, you know, you, you know, you're out there telling her story and getting it out there, and hopefully somebody will come up and you know say something because most of it, what is just friends and stuff like that, are close to her and that's still around. That's, all, that's about all that's left. I mean, her mom died early. She died in her. I think she died at 44 of cancer. Mm-hmm. Her dad died. I forget what he died of. Daryl died of a gunshot wound to the leg. He was killed. Uh, her younger brother, Kelly, committed suicide. Yeah, I remember uh, reading about that. I think all of her aunts, I believe all of her aunts are dead. So the family all pretty much died out young, all of them. Mm-hmm. Like what we talked about earlier, like all the ones that are still alive 
didn't know her. They were born way, way later, so whatever they heard was just passed down to the ones that have passed on. But before we wrap this up, what is, do you have anything you want to add to it? Uh, well, I guess the obvious. I want to ask that anybody has any information, please either, either contact me or the uh, Metropolitan National Police Department cold case unit. Mm-hmm. So let us know. And let me add to that, if you don't mind. Yeah. If you have information, and this has happened so, so many times, somebody would, would, would have seen something or heard something or know something, and it, they may think it's very, very small, very trivial. It's not really important, or, or they think we already know that. Well, we don't know. Let us know, if, even if it's trivial. So many times I've seen cases, so many times, that somebody would finally come forward and say, well, you probably already know this, or this is not important, but but you wanted me to tell you. And that's exactly what we needed to tie the case together and close it. So yeah. even, no matter how insignificant you may think it is or how unimportant, or maybe you think we probably already know it, reach out. Reach out to us and let us know. Which, like what you said, like, you know, they don't always release, the investigators don't always release the information they have, but that one little thing could connect the information they haven't released. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I completely understand. Yeah, anything, any, any tidbit, doesn't matter how, how small somebody thinks. I, I, one quick thing, a true story. I was uh, working a case one time, and a lady came forward. She said, well, you, you told us, she said, I'm sort of embarrassed about even doing this, but you told us if we know something to, to let you know. And she said, I, I was able to get a partial tag number. I don't have a whole tag number, so it's probably not going to do you any good. I said, oh, my <laughs> what do you have? You know, and it was just the first three digits, or three numbers and, and, and letters. Mm-hmm, yeah. But we can take even the even one number or one letter helps us narrow it down. But mm-hmm. when we were able to take those three and pull a list of all the vehicles that had those three in sequence, and then go down through there and look for make and mount, we were able to find out who it was just by three numbers on a tag. So even if you think it's insignificant, let us decide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let us do that. But tell us what what you have or what you have. You may have you may hold the information we need to close it. Yep, yep, yep. I completely agree. That little little thing could open up a big basically set a bomb off and open the whole case right. up. Right. 